That right there is evidence that a three second aspiration could halve your chances of a vascular occlusion. Recently, Dr. Harris posted a thought-provoking piece about aspirating, where he went so far as to call it a dangerous practice. I regularly recommend aspirating, and I had a few people send me the clip, so I thought I would break it down, see what claims were made, and share my views so that you can understand the nuance of this debate, which is impossibly hard to capture in an Instagram post. So let's see the claims. The central claim is that movements of the needle, it looks like four to five millimeters at least, back and forth, moving away from the periosteum is safer than aspirating at the periosteum, and that aspirating itself is a dangerous practice. There's a claim that movement is a well-recognized and promoted safety measure, that aspiration is not well-recognized or recommended by any safety group, and that there are no publications at all which support the use of aspiration. Now I thought I would read some of these publications and I started with the first one. And the funny thing is, in the very first publication included, there is actually evidence in support of aspiration. The first paper on Dr. Harris's list is a consensus paper titled Minimizing the Risk of Hyaluronic Acid-Related Embolic Visual Loss and Suggestions for Immediate Bedside Management. This paper actually cites evidence that aspiration works but discounts it because it's not 100% reliable. In fact, they quote a study that showed aspiration detected intravascular placement of the needle in 53% of cases. That right there is evidence that a three-second aspiration could halve your chances of a vascular occlusion in the same paper that says there is no use for it. What's going on here? It's really important that you are aware that most of the time people are not talking about the evidence they are talking about their opinion and trying to use the evidence to back it up. We are all capable of doing this. You have to read these papers and the papers they cite in the context also of a clear hypothesis that you are both testing. I believe it's frequent that we have a different hypothesis in our mind, so looking at the same evidence leads to a different conclusion. My hypothesis is that useful information may be gained with aspirating and I want a lower risk. My hypothesis is not that aspirating works every single time that you do it. This is the hypothesis that that paper is using. It either has to work 100% of the time or it's useless. And this is the problem. Nothing works 100% of the time. Putting a seatbelt on does not stop you dying in every accident. Putting a helmet on does not prevent all head injuries. Sterile injection techniques do not prevent all infections. The nature of reality is that we are always working with probabilities, not absolutes. If a paper's goal is to prove that you cannot 100% rely on aspirating, that's the easiest thing to prove in the world because nothing is 100% reliable. The question we need to ask as injectors is, where can it be useful? Can it teach us or show us anything that we actually can use to keep our patients safer? Every paper I have seen discounting the validity of aspiration imposes this impossibly high standard to aspirating and then does not impose this same standard to the other safety measures that we take. The most obvious case in point would be the idea that moving your needle continuously during the process is safer than aspirating. There is zero evidence for this at all. It is purely a concept, an idea that makes sense, but ideas are not the same thing as reality and I can show you some examples where this idea may not, in fact, make you any safer. Most of all, I want you to take from this that if we applied the same standard to other things we do in medicine, there would be no screening for anything. There would be no x-rays, there would be no MRI scans, because nothing is 100% sensitive. 
This is a deeply flawed way of thinking about whether we take a step or not. We must start to think more probabilistically and use information in a more nuanced way rather than making things so black and white. Now in this thread on Instagram, there's a lot of discussion about the evidence for negatives and positives and that they are in fact overwhelming. I must point out that though false negatives and false positives exist, they are not the be all and end all of whether a test is valid or not. As I've previously mentioned, aspirating is a test to gather information before an action. It is just like any screening test and all screening tests have both false positives and false negatives, true positives and true negatives. We must take all of those into account before deciding whether a test is valid or not, not simply that false negatives and positives exist because that is true of every test. What is more, even with false negatives and positives being part of every picture, there is a way that we may be able to reduce those and increase the sensitivity of a test. There is nothing wrong with injecting less per site. There's nothing wrong with aspirating more than once in a high risk area if you are doing a linear thread, for example. The justification to use a test like aspirating is not that it is 100% sensitive and specific, only that it is sensitive and specific enough to offset the risk of doing the test. What are the harms of pulling on a plunger for a few seconds? That's what we weighed against. It's not whether that same injector is now cavalier because they've done one simple test. The problem is there is a conflation of two different things. Just because you aspirate does not mean you become a cavalier injector after that test. There is nothing to stop you aspirating and doing multiple other things to reduce the chance. And the implication in this post is the aspirators are immediately overly reassured, overly confident and bolusing all over the place, which is definitely not the case. It is simply one more piece of information that you can use just before the moment of injection. This is also where the argument is conflated. The action of aspirating on its own does not mean that you can bolus a full mill wherever you like or that you have x-ray vision. This is a caricatured argument. If there is anyone out there who thinks they have zero risk of a VO with any safety step, please hang up your needles before the truth bites you. It's possible to aspirate and still maintain your guard and use other measures to reduce the size of a vascular occlusion. It's not an either or choice, which is what this post implies. For example, you may use smaller boluses, check how your patient responds as you're injecting, changing the position, re-aspirating, looking for signs of increased pain as you're injecting, looking for a reassuring bulge associated with correct placement. We need to layer on safety steps and not make a binary choice between aspirating and moving the needle. It's not an either or situation. The next claim is that aspiration does not allow the important safety measure of movement. First, it struck me as ironic that this was put forward as an alternative due to a lack of evidence for aspirating, yet there is no evidence, as I've suggested, that movement is an important safety measure. There is only a concept offered. But we have yet to see anyone test this in any way at all in all the different areas of the face. Let me offer now some potential flaws of the theory, just to see that this is less certain than it may seem in a short Instagram post. First, in most cases, you are moving your tip from an area of lower to an area of higher risk, in order to keep it moving. By nature of anatomy, we must all agree that there are higher probabilities of finding arteries at certain depths than in others. So if you're moving your needle in and out, you are in theory always moving from a higher risk area to a lower risk area. And this has to be offset against keeping your needle in one plane. We don't actually have enough information about exactly what the risks are as you move your needle in and out. And intuitively, it could be that you are going to increase the frequency of vascular occlusion. Now this is acknowledged in the post, but increasing the frequency 
with the idea that you decrease the severity is certainly an idea that I like, but we simply do not know the scale of those. How much filler does it take to cause significant harm in a vessel supplying different parts of your face? It's unknown. And how much filler are you actually going to end up injecting if you're moving the needle just 0.5 of a centimeter as you go in and out? Maybe half of that 3.3 mil bolus goes into the vessel. That's still a huge vascular occlusion. Maybe it would have been avoided if you'd aspirated at different points along that line. We don't know unless we try. Now, anatomically, I do believe in most parts of the face, there is a lower risk of finding an artery on the bone than in the fat. Take the facial artery at the nasolabial fold for a specific example. We know this artery is almost never found at the level of the periosteum, but can be found above it quite frequently. Why would we assume as you inject 0.2 to 0.3 mils of filler that moving the needle closer to the artery as you come out would make things safer for the patient because hopefully only a third of the filler goes into the vessel. This is still a major potential injury and there's a strong argument that you're safer staying put on the bone at the periosteal level with an aspiration with a filler that you know works and then doing small amounts and you can, you can reposition your needle small amounts and aspirate again but the idea that moving that needle in and out is going to make your patient safer is at best unproven and I think highly suspect. So although I am a proponent of the idea that severity is more significant than the frequency of vascular occlusions, if those vascular occlusions are small, I think we're still at the stage where this movement of the needle is a hypothesis and certainly not a practice that is universally applicable to every injection, which is what the simplicity of some posts might imply. Here are some other ideas that may be worth thinking about. Currently, there is zero idea of if you were skewering a vessel, how static it would remain. It is possible that five millimeters of movement of the needle would take the artery with it to some degree, meaning a large proportion of the product could still be injected intravascularly. And of course, you haven't aspirated, so you've got one less way of knowing whether you're in a vessel or not. We're just injecting in and out, but maybe not moving enough to give you the protection you need in all areas of the face. Okay, so the take home for me is next time you hear a confident dismissal of there being no evidence that aspiration works, just remember what they are really saying. They are saying that it is not 100% sensitive and specific, and that's true with every single safety measure and every medical test you have ever taken. That's not an argument against aspirating. To be valid, it only needs to give you information about the probability of where your needle might be. And this is proven every time someone does an arterial blood gas, a venous sample, or gets a flashback when aspirating. Combine this with a strong belief that just because you have a negative, it does not mean you're in a vessel and you are on the right path to continuously chipping away the risk and becoming safer over time. I must say these posts, which I disagree with, are fantastic for driving more careful thought about a topic. And I'm not finished with this and I'm not omnipotent and I may change my mind on various aspects of this. It's really important that we trigger each other to think more deeply. And for that reason, I thank anyone who posts things that I disagree with. It starts an important discussion that I think makes us all better. I only wish everyone knows that all these disagreements, these minor disagreements are in a sea of things that we agree with together. And I think that particularly with Dr. Harris, I think he's an amazing injector with so much value to add. I just happen to disagree on this one particular issue, but I'm grateful that was posted because I wouldn't have thought as deeply had I not been challenged in that way. So what do you think? Let me know in the comments down below.